Did you know that epilepsy can infect anybody, any age, regardless of sex, gender, gender, social status, uh, religious preference, sexual preference? All you have to do, your requirement is you're alive. One in 26. That's what it is. One in 26 of all of us. It's approximately 4% of everybody born is going to experience epilepsy. They're like, all right, what's epilepsy? Epilepsy is when you have seizures and it requires you have three seizures or more. And it has to be related to something other than like detox or drug recovery or, you know, just some event that happens. Epilepsy is something that occurs that doesn't really go away. It can oftentimes be managed through drugs and medications, and when that doesn't work, they also offer a variety of surgeries. Uh, tap into your brain, your vagus nerve, different things. They even have some surgeries that remove half of a person's brain. Seriously, epilepsy is the third largest neurological disorder in America. And you should really be aware of the fact that this is something that has no cure. This is not a disease. This is not an illness. This is a disability. This is a way of life. This is a lifestyle. This is something you have to learn to live with. Otherwise, you just suffer. So for those that are lucky, you have two out of three people are so lucky that they can take drugs prescribed by their doctors that help them be able to control these horrible, horrible seizures because there's nothing like the hell of seizures. And I'm telling you, you want a drug, you want an easy button, you're always looking for whatever it is to get you out of that. But if you aren't so lucky, if you're like me, one in three of us, we suffer And these drugs just continue to make us worse. And we just hope to not die and get killed off by the next bad attempt on our life by a doctor that either means well or thinks that you have to do everything he says because this is what his books tell him. I'm telling you, you need to advocate for yourself. You need to find answers for yourself. You need self-care. That's where you're at now. I'm here to teach you your self-care from epilepsy hell to epilepsy well. This is Alma Wayne Myers. Stay tuned and enjoy your life again because you need answers and here they are. So now that you know that there's a solution for your epilepsy hell and your uncontrolled seizures, I'm ready to work with you. The process isn't perfect yet, but I want to send you this book and I'm going to be doing webinars and videos on teaching the whole process of how to pick yourself up off of the floor and live with the intractable brain. So go ahead, go to the website, myersgood.biz and drop in your email so I know where to send this book. And as I'm doing each chapter and each part, I'll send you a free copy of this so you can join me in the journey and you too can get the information as fast as you can. And it took me years of struggling to figure out so you can learn in minutes or hours what it took me decades. I'm telling you, 
You can benefit from the experiences of other people, and you don't have to go through it alone. You're not alone. We're with you. We're on your side. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and fighting for yourself. Ableism kills. Advocate for yourself. Psychological shock is when you experience a surge of really strong emotions, and you experience a reaction that relates to these emotions, and awfully often unexpected, stressful event like a seizure. To understand the reaction before it happens, you'll be able to recognize it and make. Much better decisions about your seizures. <clears throat> Types of events that can cause psychological shock include, as I mentioned yesterday, car accidents, but they can also include the broken heart. <clears throat> I remember when, you know, my li- wife left me when I was 18, and it just totally traumatized me. I was lost. I was without answers. I didn't have my dad or a father figure to turn to to tell me what I was supposed to do. My mom wasn't there. Like I had to figure this all out on myself, and which is why I joined the military because I needed to go find some answers. Because being broken up with that young, without the tools I needed to emotionally cope with relationships and situations like that, you know, it's traumatic. You know, having your your child in an accident or near ma- accident can be quite traumatic. Witnessing something scary, like somebody watching you have a seizure, can be traumatic for them too. I can tell you, I get an awful lot of people freaking out because they don't know what to do, and you know, sometimes they freak out. Sometimes they just turn their back on you and kick you while you're on the floor. You know, that's the whole witnessing something scary. You know, being provoked into fear, abuse, being yelled at. You know, being abandoned and forgotten. Hearing stories about other people's traumas. You know, watching videos of these, watching the news can causes a lot of trauma. You know, realizing we're all in a pandemic, and that we're supposed to be safe and protected. But you know, when you realize that the masks don't protect against. Smoke, and that COVID is smaller than smoke. It's really just going through the efforts of conforming to a society that says conform. It really doesn't teach people how to strengthen their immune system and how to live better. They just want to keep traumatizing you psychologically over and over and over. So that you've got financial stresses. You're worried about losing your house. You've got no job. You're worried about how do I eat. You know, you're worried. Some people are worried about being stopped by the police. You know, people are worried about going to the dentist and having their teeth worked done. There's people that are consumed by the terror of just leaving the front door. I mean, often it can be quite traumatic to find yourself in a situation that you just don't have the tools you need to do it. You know, some of the signs that come along with. Psychological shock can include the whole fight or flight of the adrenaline that comes in. You can feel like you've had too much coffee, you're all jittery, and you're gonna be nauseous and sick. 
You know, you can have diarrhea. This is the whole fact that you're, when you're in fight or flight, your blood leaves your digestive tract. It goes to your heart and lungs so you can fight or run away. And it needs to get you as light as you possibly can. It's like, we don't need this anymore. Whatever you're trying to digest, it's gone. And if you stay in this state, you you have an incredibly difficult time absorbing your food. So if you can't find a way to relax, can't find a way to get this pain and tightness out of your chest, you know, all this fogginess in your head, the whole confusion, not being able to think straight, you know, feeling that you're just not connected to your body, you know, disconnected to what's going on. Like sometimes you could just feel like you're watching life happen through somebody else's eyes. It's, it's just too unreal. You just just can't. It's not real. It's a TV show because you've watched TV shows that do horrible things. So you can just be like, it's not real. This is you know, how you're dealing with it. Um, you know, my ex-girlfriend, she had a horrible time dealing with you know what was going on and every time i tried talking to her she was just like this isn't real i can't deal with this my mom was the same thing she's like i tried talking to her about issues and things and people places and whatever and for her she just it wasn't real she couldn't deal with it you know it gets in a bunch of intense anger and wanting to scream and screaming at other people and you know this leads to abuse when you're getting so angry that you're yelling at somebody you know, or you're sitting there taking somebody else's anger. There's only so much you can take. And a buddy of mine that used to live here, he was talking about, I don't understand how this woman out-narcissisted me. Like, I thought I was the most narcissistic person ever, but somehow, somehow she managed to destroy me and turn it all around on me. And I was explaining to him, you know, you can only put up with things for so much. The dripping of the water will erode the hard rock. It's just as it drips and drips and drips and drips, eventually you start absorbing it a little bit. It starts softening your defenses. You just don't have the strength to stand up to it anymore because you need to get away from some things that just destroy you. There's some things that just are not supposed to be tolerated. Other people are supposed to be responsible for their own emotional control. You are not supposed to be responsible for anybody else except yourself and your children. If your children don't have the tools they need to be able to cope with the problems in your life, it's your job as a parent. It's your job as a mentor. It's your job as a coach, as a teacher, as a doctor to, to give these people that don't have the answers what they need to be able to succeed and overcome their challenges and not just be like, I read this in the book. This is all you do. Go away. I got more people to talk to. That's just not how you're supposed to treat. It's not how you're supposed to treat. It's not supposed to be medicine. It's not healthcare. It's not self-care. And it's definitely not wellness mindset. So... You know, it gives you, you just want to run away from this. I did an awful lot of running away my whole life. I feel like I just run and run and run. It's like, can't get people to address their own problems. Can't find the solutions to cope with it. So I go away and I run away because why would I ever want to keep destroying myself? And, you know, a good sign of showing I destroyed myself was developing epilepsy when I should have just gotten out of that relationship six months in when it was making me sick to my stomach and I was 
started smoking pot again to be able to cope with it. Started taking vacations to get away and just have some me time that wasn't so hard to deal with. And telling you, you really, really need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Psychological shock and trauma is serious. PTSD is serious. You know, acupuncture, Chinese herb, meditation, taking care of yourself, doing yoga. There is so much, so many things that you can do to help empower yourself, to reconnect with your body, to overcome these traumas, and to better be suited and equipped for, you know, being back in, you know, with everybody else, you know, trying to live epilepsy well in a society that doesn't understand what epilepsy hell is all about. So we need to educate, we need to treat, we need to take care of each other and make sure that you've got the support that you need. There's plenty of us out here that want to help you. There's plenty of support out there. I know it doesn't always feel like it because, you know, I didn't really feel supported, like I said before, by the Epilepsy Foundation or the Epilepsy Network or a bunch of these other places I found online when I first got sick, and I still don't. I still feel like if you are struggling... They're just going to keep telling you, do what the doctor says, and they're just going to let you cry and die in the corner. And it's a fluff piece for the rest of us that, that don't get answers from what they're offering. And then being told, just keep listening to your doctor when your doctor's just hurting you over and over, you know, with medications and abusing you with the way that they talk and the way they treat you and talk down to you and tell you you're crazy because you've been researching all of this you actually have a medical degree you've looked into what the drugs actually do to you and so you have an opinion that isn't just based off of theory you have hey this is how these things affect me this is what the research does this is peer review it's not just me saying this but i'm crazy because they haven't studied it yet so tony please make sure you're addressing your shock your trauma get some acupuncture Get some help. There is plenty. My dad did some amazing therapy for a while. He finally was able to work through his own problems, his own stresses. But it took a lot of work. It took finding the right person to help him figure out what it was that he could do. You know, you really just need to find the tools to realize that it is okay. You need to forgive yourself. You didn't have the ability to understand what it was. We always find ourselves in situations where we're just shocked and amazed and we feel like life just happened to us. And oftentimes, that's a horrible state to feel like and you need to recover from that. Get out of the shock of life happening to you. Start making life happen for you. Plan your day. Plan a better way. Plan your day the night before and get so much more done when you're not getting up confused about what you're going to eat and what you're supposed to be doing all day. If you already know what you're supposed to do, your seizures will stop happening. If you know how to stop sleeping horribly, if you know how to take back your life, if you know how to deal with your stressors and your triggers, you can have a very, very happy, the passionate, the love. You can have friends and family and you can enjoy yourself epilepsy well drug free just like me and everyone else that is drug resistant and has discovered the amazing powers to live with self-care take care of yourself get the people and the help in your life that you need to succeed
So right now we're trying to get us a test. So I was working. So we're going to be talking about how to get started with surviving epilepsy hell. This is an insight by myself, Alma, Wayne, Myers. My background with surviving epilepsy. Well, I got started with epilepsy uh, probably 2014. I was having a little confusion about what was going on. Uh, figured out it was epilepsy eventually. Uh, no real formal training or education in surviving epilepsy as an epileptic, but I had some on-the-john training as an acupuncturist treating a few people that had epilepsy and doing my best to be able to educate them uh, using acupuncture and herbs and what worked and what didn't. And, you know, there's a lot of trial and error using things just based off of theory. Um, things I've done, experiences I've had surviving all of this that's relevant to you guys is, you know, I didn't have any doctors that were able to tell me anything other than I was crazy or to meditate and do acupuncture. I mean, seriously, I told them I'm having seizures, meditating, and then I'm an acupuncturist, and the response I got was, you should meditate and go get acupuncture. So clearly they knew that they didn't have the answers. I should just keep doing what I was doing and find help from somebody that has real answers. So my experiences was definitely that being my own doctor to survive epilepsy without drugs is all about self-care and trying to manage as best as you can whatever your triggers are, making sure you're following your routine. And um, this is definitely not an overnight success deal. You've got to work at this. Learning new habits is incredibly difficult. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into all of this. Um, and you really, really have to decide that you want to be okay and change your mind about like uh, being a victim and suffering and trapped to your environment. Because you can be a product of your environment or you can produce your environment. So definitely not an overnight success. Um, see, roadblocks you faced early on, how did I overcome them? Well, for the most part, my largest roadblocks were not having people around that wanted to help. So I just tried to schedule time, pick a day when I was feeling okay, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going shopping today. And I would go grocery shopping really early, usually probably about 6.30 or whatever before traffic and people and uh, like when they first opened and then I'd like get home and like I'd recover and eat and you know, it was uh, really just a lot of it was just struggling and suffering and trying to figure out what I was doing and how to do it. And, you know, I didn't quite have my driver's license taken away. They didn't tell me I had epilepsy. They told me I was crazy. So I did my best to not drive, but you know, there's things that you just, have to figure out how to do is eat, survive. I mean, after giving up my apartment and everything, uh, this wonderful house I was at, you know, I was kind of at the mercy of whatever my environment was. And I had to learn how to live right next to one of the busiest freeways in Los Angeles, a little intersection around the 170, 101, and 134. I lived right next to the 170. It was pretty, pretty busy, pretty loud, uh, single pane windows. 
uh, man, it's kind of rough. Again, that was the point of being a product of my environment, and I had to learn how to protect myself environment. And so I made my own environment a whole lot safer uh, by addressing triggers and problems and things that were going on, like all the noises and lights. And again, scheduling time for myself to go do what I really, really, really needed to. Trying to ask people for help really sucked. It was really hard. I had a couple people that helped a little bit, but you know, you don't get better fast enough and it's hard on them seeing you not being used to be. So I found myself in a lot of situations where there wasn't really anybody else around. Uh, you know, they just didn't know how to cope with me not being this fun loving guy that I used to be. And now I'm just trapped, confused, not sure words are wrong, you know, overloading all the loading all the time. You know, so you just kind of fall into this spot where nobody's around doctors tell you crazy. And you got to figure out how to survive on your own. It's a trip. Um, tools and resources I used early on for surviving and my epilepsy health efforts was basically all self-care. And I had to make sure I was eating good foods, uh, the foods that were giving me energy and that weren't taking away from energy. I had to figure out what foods were actually giving me seizures, uh, what, you know, what were in them. Um, I tried a whole bunch of medications. I tried a bunch of Chinese herbs. You know, I tried meditating. Everything I was trying was giving me more seizures. So, I mean, it was all about trial and error. I was going through my herb books, having seizures, trying to read about herbs, going like, what could possibly help me stop having this problem? What can give me back my energy? What can get me to stop being so freezing it was like a cold hell at first just freezing so cold so uh did a lot again acupuncture on myself i used moxibustion i meditated i ate as best as i could i lost a lot of weight and became malnourished in the process of not being able to uh, eat regularly or healthily and get the food i needed and have a lot of money i uh, didn't have a lot of help uh, but you survive, you do what you can, and the efforts are always, you know, it's about your mindset, preparing for it, being like, look, I have to do this, this is the result, and I have to recover, and it's okay. Um, I didn't really have a whole lot of mentors along the way to figure this one out. I mean, every time you try contacting, you know, the Epilepsy Foundation, they tell you, listen to your doctor. Your doctor says, I'm crazy. So should I listen to the doctor that says I'm crazy or should I listen to the doctor that says I should go get acupuncture and meditate? I think I should listen to the one that says get acupuncture and meditate. That sounds like the way more reasonable solution. Um, beyond that, I really just had to figure this out on my own. I mean, my previous mentors that taught me how to meditate, my previous mentors that taught me how to do acupuncture, you know, I taught myself a lot in the way of diet and stuff. And I learned Chinese medicine, food, diet, exercise, all these things from mentors. They taught me these tools that I was able to use to save myself and repair my brain and help calm my nervous system down to the point where I can actually not be on drugs and I can talk to you in a lot more efficient way. My words are a whole lot better. My communicating is a little better. I still have a lot of sensitivity to ambient light and noises and stuff, but 
we're all different, but as long as you figure out how to be you what the best version of that is, uh, you're going to be fine. Like I personally have this nice dark room. This camera is lovely because it's able to pick me up. You know, and I don't have to have a whole lot of light in my face. So there's things that you often have to just figure it out on your own. Uh, I'm doing my best and I'm going to help teach you guys along the way, the things that I've failed miserably at and, you know, the things that people help teach me because it's really, really important to find shortcuts. So you don't have to waste so much time. So my first major breakthrough with surviving epilepsy hell, uh, Man, I seriously, I think it was when I finally decided to just be alone. Um, I didn't really do it right for a little while, but I mean, seriously, when I just decided that I needed to focus on me and I needed to stop being around the people and the places and the things that I could not manage that would not cooperate with me and that weren't helping me find my epilepsy well um so i mean it was really like hey look these people don't know anything you have to do it on your own nobody understands because you'll never understand until it happens it's just unreal so my breakthrough nobody knows except you who you are and what's going on and no matter whether the science and medicine is caught up to what's going on with medicine with the body, with energy, with the way that everything works. I mean, science can't measure your mood. You have to tell them, hey, look, I feel this way. There's not a machine, although they're definitely trying to work on that. You can do stuff with measuring heart rate, and, you know, brain function and things that can do that. But there's no real way to just look at you and say, hey, you you know, clearly you're depressed because you can see a lot of comedians that are depressed and they laugh and they entertain people. So seriously, breakthrough was you have to worry about yourself and stop letting everyone else dictate what your care is and what your future is going to be. And it took me uh, quite a while, let's see, to get from here to there. But that's only a perspective of this happened to me, you know, back in 2014, I started having seizures. So it's 2020 right now. That's six years, you know, seriously, about six years ago, this week, whatever, it was a week before Thanksgiving, I started getting sick, but I was already dealing with uh, seizures that I wasn't sure about. I was having panic attacks. Um, it was quite a trip. Uh, it took me uh, probably a year and a half or two years before I was finally able to uh, step out of that situation. And again, in the November of, what was it, 2017, um, I finally left North Hollywood. I decided to go live in the woods. And I spent a couple of weeks there living with my best friend at the time, trying to figure out, well, my best friend from a childhood trying to figure out what was best for me. He had a bunch of kids, family. They didn't understand what was going on with me. And so I, you know, I had to go through a homeless shelter for a little bit. I had to go do a bunch of things. It took me, spent uh, maybe six to nine months in Ensenada, where 
that was really easy for me to figure out a lot more about maintaining myself. There was no marijuana around, so I had to do it 100% through food, diet, and exercise. So I meditated all the time. I did Tai Chi all the time. I went for walks. Like I'd like going down to the beach or walking through town. I'm a big guy and I'm a big white guy and you're in Mexico and I didn't speak a lot of English. I got a lot of people that walk around me. Um, probably wasn't smiling all the time because you know, wasn't feeling good. You're just out there trying to walk around. And then other times I'm smiling and everybody's checking me out. So it is what it is. You go big white guy walking around in you know, Mexico. Everybody's like, Hey, who's this? And then I started learning Spanish and it makes it a little more fun for everybody. So, you know, immersion, has kind of gotten me the whole process of learning everything. So that didn't really take me very long to figure out once I was doing it and maintaining it. So I was able to go from there and I came up to Santa Barbara and I've been, I've repeatedly lost my process. I've lost my routine. You know, I lost my ability to function in the process, trying to add in activities and responsibilities that really shouldn't be involved in. But it seems like, I often find myself in a situation where no one else is willing to step up and do what's right or what's necessary. So regardless of whether I'm going to have a seizure from it or not, or regardless of how, how long it's going to take to recover, I just go ahead and do it and realize that there is a price for everything. So ideally, I try to help me out with the stuff that's going to make me uh, the worst, but life happens and sometimes you mess up and it takes a day or two or a week to recover, which is a whole lot better than when I started off and it was taken, you know, a month. Every time my girlfriend could come over and have a month before I could think again. So, I mean, the difference between it taking a month to feel good enough to have a conversation and spend time with somebody versus being able to live with somebody again, several people and be a caretaker. So, you know, it takes some time, but it just takes the right amount of effort. I mean, seriously, you could probably have it knocked out within like one to six months if you're really doing everything the way that you're supposed to. And, you know, you're trying. Uh, again, I've done it quite a few times. I seem to have this little cycle when I get really, really, really bad. I'm just trapped in my head. It takes me about six months to get through the whole process of bringing myself back out of that state because there's a mindset and trauma and everything you got to work through and you're doing it on your own. You know, it's a whole lot harder, but you know, if you got somebody to talk to and you got your support groups, you know, it makes it a whole lot easier. I don't always talk about what's going on with me except to you guys because you guys understand. So that's kind of how I'm sure many of you feel that it's a little easier to talk to other people that are epileptic because you guys understand the whole process is not a comfortable one. And that ideally, we all want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. We all want to have a future where we can be happy. Many of you want kids. Many of you want wives and husbands and, you know, generations and generations of, like, happiness to be delivered upon the world. And I, you know, congratulate for that. And it's all possible, you know, as long as you're learning to take care of yourself and you're being responsible for yourself and you can teach and pass this education on to your own children. So they're not struggling for answers that you didn't have. And that's truly the purpose of what it is to be a parent, the purpose of what it is to be a mentor and to stop having to figure it out all on your own in the school of hard knocks. Um, 
Let's see. Experience that sums up my early experiences in epilepsy hell world. So there's first time I really realized it being around the right people helped versus hurt. Um, I was trapped in my room, hadn't given up the apartment yet, the house yet. Um, I was still living off of the money I'd saved up from working the year before. And we went to, uh, I wanted to go to a meditation retreat through Chan, Heart Chan, heartchan.org. I went on a meditation retreat with these guys for my birthday. I was doing it the birthday weekend. I had had for about a year now. This is actually the same time that I, that I started growing weird. So here I went from being miserable, having trouble talking, to being around all these amazing people that actually I like just lived off of this energy. I had so much clarity. I was so calm. It was like this peace and comfort and joy that like I've never experienced anywhere else. So, I mean, going from knowing I don't know what to do and I'm asking these people like, hey, look, this is what's going on and I'm having trouble. And, you know, they're like, hey, look, we like your girlfriend. You shouldn't get rid of her. And I'm like, she's driving me crazy. She doesn't have the right coping mechanisms and I don't know what to do. And, you know, she's a sweet girl. I mean, I still love her very much, but truly she didn't have the right coping mechanisms. And, you know, her parents didn't give her the tools that she needed. You know, so... Uh, she tried to talk to her dad about a lot of the abuse and stuff growing up, and he's already declared that he's not willing to discuss anything. He's not willing to be responsible because he's already worked through the process, he believes, and doesn't need to be reminded of how bad of a father he may have been in the past because he doesn't want to be responsible for it because he hasn't really done the work. He's just an avoidance process like most of us where we don't want to do the work. We're just like, want somebody else to do it for us and an easy button. So I've done a lot of work for you and I got an easy button because I've been through a lot of experiences that help me figure out what works and what doesn't. And being around the right people, talking to the right mentors always works in all surviving the epilepsy hell world. And you know, the difference between what started then and now is really recovery time. I mean, seriously, I've got this down. I've, I've been, able to finally get on here and talk to everybody without having a seizure. I've got screens on, I've got lights on, I'm writing things, I'm drawing things. These are all things I couldn't do before. I would try to get on Facebook, I'd try to communicate, I'd have a seizure in the whole process. Even still, when I'm trying to talk to the wrong people, you know, it stresses me out and my brain starts going sideways and I I can't get back on social media or on that channel for a day or two until my brain's like, Oh, it's okay. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, Brad. I'm sorry. I won't talk to that person again. So I try to reevaluate how I talk to people, how I let people talk to me. And, you know, people are scared about the whole concept of like doing this all drug free because it's not something they would do because it's not something they understand, but the drugs are working for them. And so that's all they care about. They don't understand that the person to the left or the person to the right is still uncontrolled and that we are at a risk of dying sudden unexpected death and epilepsy suda is a real thing you know i was doing a little piece earlier on twitter 
um, actually I probably posted it on Instagram, but it was talking about, you know, how with all the COVID virus stuff going on right now, that basically, you know, the I was watching CNN and it was just unreal. CNN's talking about how, um, let me get this up for you real quick. Cause like, seriously, this is worth listening to. Um, okay. So CNN is talking about how this morning, that 11.7 million people in the U.S. have COVID, have tested positive over the whole experience of it, of it starting, all right? And there's only been 250,000 deaths. So I also looked up that 1.3 million people die every year in just car accidents. 650,000 people die from heart disease each year. 150,000 people die from a stroke every year. And 32,832, give or take, people die from uncontrolled seizures every year. So we're looking at almost 33,000 people a year, plus or minus, you know, several percents, like die off just because they don't have self-care answers. So if you think that these people are important, then you have a problem because the difference between epilepsy hell then and epilepsy hell now is I am offering solutions that are proven over time. Thousands of years, people have been using food, exercise, and mindset to be able to heal themselves and take control of their life. So all the difference is now you have somebody that's able to explain it in a way that is science, acupuncture, and plain, simple language. So I'm not going to confuse you. I'm going to teach you what these confusing languages all really mean. You know, if I had to restart this whole process over with today's tools, you know, time constraints and other factors, um, seriously, I would have gotten rid of people a lot faster. I would have jumped on the whole. Um, making my schedule sooner. Um, I would be doing more outside energy wise. I would definitely be, you know, making sure I was eating right because going to bed is problem, probably not be playing games like until I was, you know, really late because I was excited. But, you know, seriously, there's a lot of stuff that you think you're doing okay, but you're really, you're really not. So, a faster version, I'm telling you, just make your plan, make your schedule. If you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. Like, stick to your schedule, you know, make a not-to-do list. Like, all these things of, like, things you need to accomplish versus the things you don't need to accomplish. Get the things you needed to get done early in the morning while your brain is still before you blow it up. You know, relax a little bit more. You know, slower pace in the afternoon and enjoy your evenings. Uh, seriously. All processes, trying to find balance in your life, the whole mind, body, spirit, concept, treasures. Tell me they're all treasures. You know, if you're looking for solutions to focus your efforts and you want to succeed both on the short and long term, like you, you have to make a plan. You have to make a goal. You have to say, I want to go from here to there. And then, you know, you can do, I have a lot of my teachers are talking about doing 90 day plans. You have 30-day plans, you have one-week plans, and you have one-day plans. So 
plan out, you know, your 90 days. Where would you like to be in 90 days? Or where would you like to be in a year? A year. You want to be in three years or five years. Where would your ideal five years be? And then you start playing it backwards. You're like, all right, five years is pretty far out. Well, look, in a year, I could do this much. All right. And so how do I get this done? And you break it that down into six months and then three months. And then you break it down into one month and then your week and then your day. So I would be definitely making sure that all my short and long-term goals are being met a lot better, that I was being more responsible for not overloading myself just out of the sheer boredom and sheer terror and pain of just being alone and miserable and not having anybody else to talk to or deal with, you know, as I'm trying to survive epilepsy hell, you know. I think the best tools you guys all really need to le learn about, you know, there's a great app just so you can help manage your stuff. It's Epsi. I talk about it. It's a good app. Go check out Epsi. Download it on your phone. Helps you connect with me. Helps you connect with other people. You can use it, you know, offline on your phone and upload it and send me stuff. And then I can know whether you're having seizures. You can track like your frequency, if you're eating right, you put in your medications, you tell it whether you're doing your medications. I put my meals down as medications. So I'm like, hey, I have to eat at these times because food is medicine. So I want to make sure my blood sugar is about right. So it's like, hey, did I eat? And I can track if I had a seizure, if I had to take a major nap in the middle of the day. You know, it's really, really good for me to be able to see how far I've come with the amount of workload I've increased instead of the amount of downtime and playtime, which has really been my own personal rehab for my mindset so and brain function. Because seriously, you need to be able to do something other than drool on yourself to get your brain healthier, stronger, and working faster. Um, if you want to, uh, for time management, it all comes down to planning your day the night before, planning your life, you know, seriously, if plan, I started planning my week on Sunday. Uh, I started trying to get an idea of what I want to accomplish. And that's because I've got an idea of like where I want to be in the future. And, you know, it kind of changes, always flexible, but there's that big goal. And then you have your like path that gets you the big goal is not always a straight road. Sometimes it's winding. It's got a lot of ups and downs and it's like driving around the uh, Topanga Canyon or, or San Francisco. It's, it's a little hair. Everyone's talking about tractable brain problems, right? We all know that you should never do anything to yourself that hurts your brain. But what almost no one understands about intractable brain problems is the concept of epilepsy well enhancement techniques. It's not getting your brain on drugs and do whatever the doctor tells you that helps you naturally destroy your uncontrolled seizures. It's helping your brain find its triggers and working on those. And that can happen even if you can't stop feeling frustrated about brain fog and exhaustion. As long as you're also encouraging yourself and celebrating small incremental gains. Hey, this is Alma Myers here. Do you struggle to meditate with your epilepsy? Tell you what, I did too. It was horrible. When I first started epilepsy, I had a stroke 
And then I forgot all kinds of stuff and I was trying to meditate and I'd find myself walking circles in the other room. I'd find myself passed out in full lotus, like unable to like have a normal meditation session, which I was just doing weeks and months before and been taken away from me. And none of my teachers had a solution for me. It took me a while to remember some of my previous training. So here's what you do. If you are struggling with epilepsy and having seizures, you need to practice your root chakra. All right, and if you have not learned what this means, and even if you have learned what this means, let me re-explain how you find your root chakra. Your root chakra is located by doing Kegel exercises. If you don't know what Kegel exercises are, Kegel exercises are strengthening and stimulating your pelvic floor muscles, which basically when you are trying to stop peeing and stop pooping. So you are gonna practice contracting these muscles and relaxing these muscles and contracting these muscles and relaxing these muscles. And then you're gonna do it in rhythm with your breath. So I don't care, everybody's a little different. I've got like seven different teachers that will teach you the right way to do this. So uh, just really match it to your breath, your rhythm, and make it about you. So breathe in, contract the muscles. Relax, breathe out, contract the muscles. Relax. Breathe in, contract the muscles. Relax, breathe out, contract the muscles. Relax and repeat like this. That's my personal favorite way is to get stimulation at the top of the breath and the bottom of the breath. Uh, the reason that you wanna do Kegel exercises in this process isn't some mystified crazy thing. Uh, we explain it all stupid and crazy in Chinese medicine with the whole yin-yang theory. But the whole aspect is, these muscles are the furthest thing away from your brain. And even when you're doing this, your brain is going to feel this. It's because there is the blood flow that goes all the way down to your heart and down to your pelvic floor. So what you're doing is you're actually feeling the heartbeat that goes along with the stimulation on this channel. And people call these uh, chakras and myelums and stuff, depending upon what language you talk. So anyways, this will help you. I promise, work on belly breathing, work on your Kegel exercises. You can do these things anywhere, anywhere. You can be sitting in the hospital, you can sit in the hotel room, you can be sitting in the bed, you can do anything you want. Hey, and if you got anxiety, panic attacks, this, 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 this is the answer. It is the secret ninja tool i'll be teaching you guys later about this if you guys need a little more walkthrough i'll be talking about this in the webinar later so hope you're all having a wonderful time i hope this helps you those of you that know what i'm talking about you need this those of you who don't know who I'm talking about you need this too and i want to teach you so i've got all kinds of other things coming for you please stay tuned let me know what you need i want to help you I have answers. I've been through all kinds of crazy stuff and you don't need to suffer anymore. So just reach out to me, ask me a question and I'll post a video about it for you and everyone else. Thank you, have yourself a beautiful day and enjoy as much as you can what you can because life is precious and every moment is important. So thank you.